to me, okay, to me, ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can f make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some f really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, now that, my friend, is <laughs> very hard to do. And you have to train. You have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it, it's there. The expression of the human body. I mean, the f everything. I mean, you know, not just the hand. And when you're talking about combat, well, I mean, if, if it... If it is a sport, now now you're talking about something else. You have regulations, yeah. you have rules. But when you're talking about fighting as it is, oh, with no rules. Not real fighting. Well then, baby, you better train every part of your body. I'm not surprised, mother... I'm not impressed by your performance. What's up? Where you at, George? I like Big Tom McCartney pulling me about, folks. That's how I like to roll. You feel me? Nobody gonna take this bed. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm proud for fighting you. For you. Don't bring the dog out of me. I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I fight for the fans! I wanted to keep fighting as long as it took, and I wanted to win this title. Thank you everybody for coming out, I did it! I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Running water never grows stale, so you gotta just keep on flowing. Aloha, Penn Nation, welcome back to another episode of BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice. As always, guys, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Pleasure to be here with you yet again. This is episode 113, and we have two guests for this one. First up, we're joined by UFC veteran and straight blast gym staple, Artem the Russian Hammer Lobov. Artem returns to the show to preview his upcoming bare-knuckle boxing debut at BKFC 5 on April 6th in Mississippi against Jason Knight. We're going to get all the details on Artem requesting his release from the UFC, the offers he had on the table that led him to do so, and how he subsequently ended up with BKFC. We'll also be discussing the transition from mixed martial arts to bare knuckle and how that favors his style as a combat athlete, why he believes this rule set is truly one in which he will shine, and of course his prediction for this matchup against Jason Knight. We'll also be clearing up some rumors about Conor McGregor leaving SBG Ireland. And of course, the possibility of Artem facing Pauli Malignaggi in bare knuckle boxing following a win over Jason Knight on April 6th. And our second guest for this episode, returning to the show yet again, following a decision victory over Volkan Ozdemir on March 16th in London, the devastator Dominic Reyes. We're going to recap the fight with Volkan, get his thoughts on his performance, and how that matchup helps him evolve as a martial artist going forward. 
We'll get his reaction to Volkan claiming that Dominic's corner felt that Volkan won the fight. We'll hear about Dominic's time in London, his experience with the UK fans. And of course, what's next for him? What matchup makes the most sense going forward? And we'll also get his thoughts on John Jones' response to his call-out following the fight. So as I mentioned before, two great guests, two great conversations. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Let's get it started. We kick things off with Artem Lobov. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show. UFC veteran and staple of the famed Straight Blast Gym, set to make his bare-knuckle boxing debut on April 6th, the Russian hammer himself, Artem Lobov. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to speak with us today, Artem. How are things in Dublin this evening? Thanks so much for having me on the show, Jason. And things are good in Dublin. How are things over in the States? Ah, you know, another day, another dollar, my friend. Uh, You know how that goes. Now, sounds good. We're we're just a couple of weeks away from your bare-knuckle boxing debut at BKFC 5 in Mississippi. How has your training camp been so far for this one? Yeah, the training has been incredible, to be honest. You know, I must say that uh, the boxing training is a lot easier on the body than MMA training would be. You know, like things like, you know, getting... Just even like getting leg kicks, you know, your feet are hurting all the time. You know, have you ever kicked somebody in the cold freezing gym into an elbow with your, your toes feel like they're going to fall off? I know it kind of sounds <laughs> a bit funny, but but if you've gone through one of them, you know, gruesome uh, uh, training camps for MMA, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then on top of everything, you know, weight cut and all that, it's always very, very difficult. So I have enjoyed the boxing camp now. It's it's very, very different to, to an MMA camp. Like I said, there's not much grappling involved. You know, you always wear shoes. You know, it's mostly pad work, a lot of sparring. Uh, but it's been great. You know, I really enjoyed it. I, it is something that I've uh, wanted to do for quite some time. I tried to get a boxing license about four years ago. But at the time, I was told by the Irish Boxing Federation that I would only be allowed to compete in boxing and I wouldn't be allowed to compete in MMA. So it was a deal breaker for me. So I didn't end up getting it. But finally, here I am doing boxing, not exactly straight classical boxing, bare knuckle boxing, which is even more interesting for me. But I'm excited. The camp went well, and I'm ready to put on the show April 6th. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you kind of answered my next question perfectly. I was just wondering about the adjustments that you have to make when training for a fight like this. It sounds like you've enjoyed this training, not having to go through all the gruesome aspects of mixed martial arts training. Absolutely, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, and the one thing I kind of changed for this camp as well, I've added a lot more sparring. Uh, sparring is something I used to do quite a lot of, you know, back in the day, you know, we used to spar nearly every day. And then, you know, uh, there's been more, you know, um, arguments for the brain trauma and this and that. So we kind of tapered down on that uh, end of things and I didn't spar as much. But for this particular camp, I, I wanted to really brush up on the boxing because boxing is a new game for me uh, and there is no better way to get good at something by doing something you know if you want to be a good dancer you have to dance a lot and if you want to be a good boxer you have to box a lot absolutely that's what i did for this camp now this matchup against jason knight is a really exciting one to say the least i think the hardcore fans are really anticipating this one given that you both bring it every time you step into competition i'm sure you'd agree that this fight uh, should be a barn burner 
Absolutely. You know, and to me, you know, when I look at Jason, I mean, he used to be a top 10 uh, featherweight in the UFC, which is an incredible achievement. You know, very, very few people are capable of doing that. But if you look at his style of fighting, you know, he's more of a uh, grappler, or even I would say mixed martial artist. He's a guy that really mixed it all up. You know, he'd strike a little bit, then he'd change for a takedown. If he was taken down, he'd be very, you know, uh, active off his back using his rubber guard and such. But when it's straight boxing, uh, he's going to struggle, I feel. And there's something I always spoke about. You know, I hate all these wrestler, grappler guys, you know, taking me down and laying on top of me and not letting me get, get the deserved win. So now, finally, for the first time in my life, not only am I doing boxing, but I get to box the ears of a grappler, somebody that <laughs> will not be able to take me down, will not be able to do anything. He just has to stand in front of me and take the punishment that I deliver. So as an opponent, you're obviously very confident going into this one, but are you happy with this matchup for your bare-knuckle boxing debut? Uh, absolutely, you know. Uh, I, I think I'm going to impress a lot of people. You know, I, I hate just talking. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't want to. With me, you don't have to wonder what's going to happen. Right. I always show up, and I'm always there to show people what will happen. So April 6th, you know, please tune in and see for yourself, and treat this as a little as a little preview for what I have in store for Poli Malinaji. You know, this is a fight for me. I will burst through this guy, literally. Choo-choo, motherfucker. The Siberian Express is on its way. So <laughs> I will burst through this guy, April 6th, and then down the line, I want Poli Malinaji. This is the fight that I'm really after. Right. Now, Poli something I wanted to get to here in a moment, but upon being released by the UFC, you quickly became one of the most highly sought-after free agents on the market, I'm sure you had offers from every organization imaginable. Tell us about the decision to go with BKFC. Well, you see, no, I was not released by the UFC. I asked for my release, and this is the reason I asked for the release, because the offers were there on the table. So when I was looking at the, at the six-digit offers, on my table, and I'm in, in the UFC, and it's kind of hard to get fights there. You know, it wasn't as active, and the pay is not uh, as good as these offers that I already had, you know, uh, offered to me. So it, it was a no-brainer for me. I left, and I was delighted to sign with Bear Knuckle. I was going to sign with them back in August of 2018, but at that time, I really wanted the Zubaira fight in the UFC, and that was the only reason I remained in the UFC at that time. And now that I found out Zubaira cannot fight for another year, uh, there was no reason for me to remain in the UFC until then. I wanted to go elsewhere, make a lot of money, and then we see what happens in the year time. Right. Now, I thought for sure uh, Bellator or one championship would throw some really good money, uh, really good offers your way, but it sounds like BKFC made you the best offer financially. Absolutely. They were best offer financially. Bellator did make me an offer as well, which was a very good offer as well. Uh, and if you look at like MMA world, it's probably one of the best offers out there. But I felt, especially having the bare knuckle offer on the table, I felt that the Bellator offer was not quite just there um, for me to sign. And right. plus, don't forget that my bare knuckle offer not only includes a great, a great, uh, uh, great um, purse, but I also am, have a pay-per-view points, and I'm also allowed to compete MMA if I choose to do so, providing it doesn't interfere with their, you know, shows. Which is, which was a no-brainer for me. You know, I can still fight MMA, I can still do other things, and and they pay the most money to me. Plus, I get the pay-per-view points. So it was a great offer. I'm delighted to have signed with them. Uh, thank you very much today. David Feldman, the CEO of Bare Knuckle. I look forward to putting on a show for them, and I look forward to our uh, cooperation. 
Absolutely, man. It sounds like that was, they, they, they touched on all the points you were looking for. And like you said, it was a no brainer. Um, a lot of MMA veterans who have ended up with this company are really tailor-made for this rule set. Guys like Chris Lieben, Leonard Garcia, and several others that, you know, really thrive in the stand-up battle in MMA and, and are now enjoying this format of competition. Do, it sounds like you feel the same way. This is kind of tailor-made for you and your skill set. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, boxing has been something that I, I wanted to move into a long time ago. And bare-knuckle boxing suits me even more so because because of the clinch. I'm well used to wearing MMA gloves. You know, there's not much difference between wearing MMA gloves and going bare-knuckle in terms of you being able to control a person's wrists and their neck in the clinch. It is something that I look forward to utilizing. And then there's only, you know, hand fights. There's no uh, takedowns. There's no uh, grappling, which, again, is only going to benefit me. And the guys that you've mentioned, you know, Chris Laban and um, uh, Garcia, I mean, I, I love those guys. You know, I, I remember watching them back in the day. They always brought it. They were always true fighters. And I look forward to sharing cards with, with such uh, huge names. Now, all of that being said, it, it sounds to me like this is your new home for now, but will you be pursuing MMA again in the future? Absolutely. You know, MMA is my bread and butter. You know, this is what I came from. Uh, this is what I truly love to do. Um, don't get me wrong. I absolutely am excited to do bare knuckle. I mean, bare knuckle. I mean, how, how cool is that? Uh, for a guy like me, yeah, this is a dream come true. But I certainly... There are many, many names in MMA that, that I would like to um, face uh, off against. So I'm not saying goodbye to MMA for sure. Not not yet, not for a long time. I will be back and I will cause some damage. Now, clearly BKFC is doing something right just based on all the big talent that they've been signing lately. That, of course, uh, makes for some really inter interesting matchups for you going forward. The biggest, of course, being the guy you mentioned a few moments ago, Pauli Malinaji. What was your reaction to the news that he was going to be signing with BKFC? Uh, honestly, at, at, the, at first, I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe my luck. I, I thought I was never going to get that guy into the ring, you know. Um, I, I knew he needed money, but I thought he was after, like, proper big, big payday, like, you know, the corner fight which he tried to uh, make uh, happen for many, many years now. And let's be honest, you know, that that's uh, no chance of that fight happening. You know, he's not on the level uh, of Connor. you know. Um, so so I thought this guy was just going to talk and yap around and, and never really step into the ring. I thought he was done and dusted. But I was wrong. You know, money talks and uh, we all need to eat. Polly is broke, you know, otherwise he wouldn't be commentating every week for you know, a couple of uh, hundred bucks. Uh, so he's back. He's back in. He's back in the ring. And, and trust me, this is not the thing he wants to do. He's 38 years old. And if some people, you know, mention to me, yeah, but look at Mayweather. Sorry, but Polly Malinari didn't have the lifestyle of, of Mayweather. You know, Mayweather is an athlete. You know, he was very protective of, of his skill set, very protective of his health. He lived a good life. And as a result, he aged well. Polly did not. He's a fat guy that loved to party, that didn't really, you know, train much, that didn't really, you know, uh, do anything. You know, he, he talks about, uh, you know, uh, being whatever, pound for pound back in the day, whatever. Look at him now. He's more like pound for extra pound best at the moment. Big fat, so. <laughs> now, as soon as it was announced that Paulie had joined the company, obviously everyone immediately said that the matchup to make would be yourself and Paulie. Given the history, everything you've already mentioned could be a very big payday for you and an opportunity to silence the guy and silence some critics, right? 
Absolutely. Uh, uh, big payday, like you said, but more importantly, I get to silence this motherfucker because he's been running his mouth way, way, way too long. And when he's not eating, he's fucking talking shit. You know, uh, and it's time to shut this guy up once and for for, for all. Uh, and like in this particular fight, it suits me so much. You know, people talk about oh, Polly was in boxing, this and that. Have a look at his boxing record. Have actually a close look at what he has done. His real boxing record is five wins and eight losses. He 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 didn't really fight that many great guys. His first twenty wins are absolute nobodies. And look at the manner in which he defeated guys. He never put guys away. He was a volume puncher. He had very fragile hands. He, he had problems with his hands many many times so what is he going to do in bare knuckle boxing when he can't even cover his hands with those pillows like he used to he needs to have bare knuckles and there is clinch work i'm allowed to grab him i'm allowed to control him he is fat and lazy and 38 that's another fact this is this is a scientific fact with a this is not just trash talk this is an actual scientific fact you smaller so as a result, there is more space for your brain to move inside your head. As a result, you get knocked out a lot easier. So what does that mean for a guy like Polly that's facing a guy like me, Russian Hammer, with two hammers for, for fists? He's going to get knocked out very quickly. So obviously this is the fight, the fight to make next, and you're confident, confident that Malinaji would be next for you, but would you like to see him compete in this rule set first before you guys jump right into it, or are you happy to just jump right in there next with him, obviously not looking past Jason Knight at all? No, I want him wrapped in bubble wrap until it's my turn to, to go through him. You know, I don't want him fighting no one else. No one else, because he only has one fight in him. Let's be honest. The guy is about to, you know, he's so fragile. He's about to collapse. Every Look at this fat fuck. You know what I mean? I'm afraid the stairs will fucking kill him. He's about to have a heart attack <laughs> of the, because of all the donuts he's been eating. So, no, please, don't let anyone else get get their hands on him. Save him for me and only for me. Now, you make a great point there with the uh, the the fact of, bare knuckle and how that translates to ha- translates into hand injuries. Obviously you make the point with Paulie there that this is going to be very difficult for him, but from your own perspective, I mean, are you confident just going in there with barely your hands wrapped? I mean, do you, do you see a lot of potential uh, for hand breaks in your fight? And once again, this suits me just perfect. If, if you would ask any of the commissions in the States, they will tell you, I used to have absolute murders with them, with them backstage because I did not want to wrap my hands ever. But they were making me wrap my hands, trying to say that these are the rules set. And I got them to get the book out and everything. And they said that it's not actually in the, in the book. And so what I would always have to do, I would have to just do one layer, literally just one layer of wrap just to have it there because of some stupid rule that they're telling me that exists. So finally, none of this bullshit no more. I get to go in free, and I get to put somebody away with my bare hands. Now again, there are a bunch of great matchups for you in this company, but for me personally, I mentioned him earlier, I'd really love to see you throw down with Leonard Garcia. Is that a matchup you'd be interested in going forward? That would be one hell of a matchup, no joke. I mean, Leonard Garcia is an animal. I absolutely love his fights. I watched all of his UFC fights back in the day. He would bring it every time. And as a result, it showed. You know, this this is something that I spoke about. You know, when the Fertitas were there, they always rewarded the true fighter. And Leonard Garcia was and is a true fighter. And that's why even I remember when he would lose the fights, they would always keep him why he brought it every damn time and doesn't matter whether he lost the one i would watch his fight 
every single time and continue to watch his fights. So it would be a huge honor for me to share the ring with him. But first, I want to get Jason Knight out of there and then Fat Poly Malinaji. I want to feed him as many donuts as he wants. And then after that, whoever else wants to fight, Leonard Garcia, it would be an honor. Cool. Very good. Like I said, just for me personally, I think that matchup would be incredibly exciting for the fans and uh, what, what a fight it would be. But, you know, being a straight blast staple for uh, so many years, as I mentioned earlier, do you think we could see some other Irishmen from your camp joining this promotion uh, and, and, you know, going forward? I mean, I, I don't see why not. You know, these guys are doing the right things. You know, they're looking after the fighters. They're putting on great shows and they're investing money because at the end of the day, that's what you need to do. You need to invest. That's how everyone came on the scene. Why do you think UFC is so big uh, right now? Because they invested the money back in the day. They they bought the UFC or Zufa bought UFC over and they kept pumping the money into it, million after million after million. And now that's why they dominate. And now they get to reap the rewards and they make money. The same thing happened with Strike Force. The same thing happened with Bellator. The same thing happened with the Russian organization of Fight Night Global, ACB. They were investing into the into the sport, and as a result, we saw great shows. We saw great fighters, you know, pop up in those organizations and and, and move over to those organizations. So Bare Knuckle FC, that's what they are doing now. They're investing the money. They're putting on great shows, and they've got a great product, you know, Bare Knuckle Boxing. This is how this as real as it gets. Absolutely. And you're 100% correct. I mean, you have to invest into the company in order to grow it. And it's refreshing to hear that they are doing just that. But uh, obviously, this is completely hypothetical. But how do you think a guy like Connor would do in bare knuckle? Uh, he would do great. I mean, Connor. you see what you have to remember about Connor. He is a true fighter. Uh, and the proof of that the fact that after making 100 million this guy still wants to fight i mean if that's not proof then i don't know what else is if you were to give 100 million to every ufc fighter right now 99.9 percent of them you would not see them again that's it they would be retired in the bahamas and rightly so why not but connor is a true fighter he loves the fight game so bare knuckle that would suit him right down to the ground he would do just fine in it now, speaking of Connor, uh, there were some stories going around that he had left SBG in Ireland. Is there any truth to that? Uh, no, Connor is uh, still with us. You know, we're all still part, part of SBG. Uh, you know, the thing is, there's many, many of the SBG fighters that kind of retire now. Whatever, a lot of them would open their own SBG gyms. So we all would often train not only the main SBG but in other SBGs. You know, for example, uh, Peter Quilly recently opened the SBG Nace, uh, and that's a great facility. So Connor would often train there now, uh, and many of us would often train there. There's SBG Source. There's SBG W24 with Paddy Holohan. You know, we've got many SBGs now. So as a result, it might seem sometimes that, oh, we're not all there in the SBG uh, HQ, but we still all are part of SBG. Right. It's just you, you, you might travel to a different location, and it's good to see the brand expanding. It's great to see the brand expanding and uh, guys opening up other satellite facilities. But just to stay on Connor here for, for just another moment, he's always maintained the spotlight in mixed martial arts with the media. And recently there's been a ton of speculation on when he'll come back. I know you guys are very close. So in your opinion, what fight makes makes the most sense for Connor right now? Uh, well, for me personally, I would like to see the rematch with Khabib. Um, other than that, I love watching all Connor's fights, you know, and that's the reason what he's why he's such a big star. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're a 90 year old grandma or, or or a hardcore MMA fan, you love watching his fights. You know what's happening in there. You're sitting on the edge of your seat. You know that any second something big is going to happen. 
and that's why I love watching any any of his fights. So to me, it doesn't matter who he would fight. I'd be glued to the screen. So is everyone, everybody else. But personally, I would love to see the Khabib rematch. Right, right. I think a lot of people would agree with you there. All right, listen, Artem, you've been more than generous with your time. We greatly appreciate it. Getting back to this showdown with Jason Knight on April 6th, how do you visualize the fight playing out? Honest to God, I mean, my the only reason why I think that he might make it into the second round is because the rounds are only two minutes long. So that's the only reason he might make it into the second round. But I'm I'm coming out all guns blazing. Right now, especially, I don't have to worry about takedowns. So I can just go straight for him. I would do that in MMA all the time. And I kind of did that do that in MMA all the time. But I always had to hold myself back a little bit because of the wrestling. Now I don't have to hold myself back no more. So you get to see full steam ahead, choo-choo motherfuckers. Right, like you said, and, and like I've said all along, <clears throat> this truly is tailor-made for you. And you're really going to shine in this rule set. I think so. I think so, Jason. Now, assuming you come out of the fight injury-free, should we expect a quick turnaround for you to jump back in there and, and face Malinaji? Or how many times do you think you'll be able to compete this year? Uh, well, if, 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 if it's up to me, I want to fight every weekend. But obviously, you know, we have to uh, we have to ask Paulie Malinaji and his coach, the Weight Watchers, you know, when he'll be able to get in shape and be ready to face me. So once he is ready, I'm ready. Okay. Very good. And in conclusion, tell all the fans out there what they can expect from the Russian Hammer on April 6th and why this is a fight that they do not want to miss. Like I said, guys, this is going to be a little preview for what is in store for Poli Malinaje. You love to see knockouts? In that case, tune in April 6th, live on pay-per-view. It's the night-night Jason night. <laughs> all right, man. And again, we greatly appreciate the time, Artem. Uh, very much looking forward to the fight. Hopefully we can catch up again after a big win. Any shout-outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go, man? The floor is yours. Of course, always, always all my coaches at Straight Bus Gym Ireland. I love them all. Um, it's a great uh, place to train. I, I owe everything to them. I wouldn't be where I am today without SBG. So thank you so much to, for them and all my sponsors, of course, Jim King and Parry Match. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right, again, Artem, greatly appreciate the time, my friend, and uh, best of luck on the 6th. We'll catch up again after thank you, you so get the much. knockout, brother. Thanks a million. Thank you. Bye-bye. Later. Make sure you guys tune in April 6th on pay-per-view BKFC 5 going down in Mississippi. Artem Lobov versus Jason Knight. That card also features Chris Lieben and a couple other big names for mixed martial arts that I'm sure you guys would recognize. And honestly, how huge would a matchup be between Pauli Malinaji and Artem after this fight? Big payday for both guys. And as you heard Artem talk about, it's an opportunity to silence the critics, silence Pauli Malinaji, and get a big win for his team. And you guys heard it here first. Conor McGregor, still a member of SBG Ireland, contrary to rumors that have been circulating. But let's keep it moving. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Closing out this episode, the devastator, Dominic Reyes. All right, Penn Nation, our next guest is back to get Swifty yet again following his win over Volkan Ozdemir in London over the weekend. Now the fifth-ranked light heavyweight in the UFC, the devastator Dominic Reyes. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to speak with us, Dom. You are still in London, enjoying yourself, I hope? I, I am still in London, and uh, thanks for having me. 
Always a pleasure, man. I know you wanted to explore the city a bit, and, and you stayed a few extra days. How is it? What are you getting into? Uh, yeah, uh, we took a, a black cab tour with uh, Cutman Jason Fielding. He's actually a, a certified black cab driver over here. That takes uh, four years just to get that, uh, to get the certification to be able to drive a black cab in London. And uh, our very own Gutman in the UFC is one. So he drove me around and showed me the city from a local's perspective. It was really awesome. That's cool, man. Obviously, a lot of history in that city. Uh, aside from that, I mean, obviously, getting the tour uh, from from a guy like that with that kind of certification, that's awesome. But what else have you gotten into? Enjoying the culture, eating some food, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, fish and chips. Uh, meat pies and mash. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All the all the local traditions. Having a good time, though, man. A real good time out here. Very good, very good. So you got the win on the 16th via split decision over Volcom. It was definitely a tough fight, and you guys went back and forth. Overall, though, give us your thoughts on your performance. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a tough fight. You know, throughout the fight, I I was avoiding his power. You know, I was I was you know touching him from distance. Um, in and out. Uh, I wasn't as active as I would have liked to have been, but uh, I did enough and I got the win. You know, he's he's a hell of an opponent. Did uh, did Volkan win do, moving forward? Did he do anything in there that surprised you at all? Oh uh, yeah, he changed up his style a bit against me. Um, he was more hesitant than I anticipated, um, and he was a little bit quicker than I anticipated. It seemed he trimmed down a bit for the fight, um, which is you know. Awesome for him. Right. Now, there's a couple things that, that personally surprised me a bit. Um, as you mentioned, I mean, he really wasn't gung-ho like he has been in all of his other fights. He was really content to sit back and wait for you. And then I was also surprised by the takedown early on. Uh, did that catch you yeah, off guard as well? That, that surprised me. Yeah. That surprised me. I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, that's a huge... I mean, nobody's ever made Vulcan a wrestler, and... Uh, I guess I did. <laughs> yeah, you did it in under a round. <laughs> now, the the first two rounds, they, they were pretty difficult to score. The, the third was clearly yours, in my opinion. It looked like you were picking up steam as Volcom was slowing down in the third there. Uh, what was going through your head going into that third round, and how did you and your corner have the fight scored? Um, And it was close. I mean, if any fight you go into the third, it's close. I mean, you got you got to come out and try to win the third round no matter what. And, uh, yeah, I knew it was a close, it was a close fight from the, from the horn to that point. And, uh, it was throw caution on the wind and let's go out there and win this fight. Uh, obviously you, you would always prefer the finish, but considering that he was slowing down, do you think if there had been maybe a fourth and fifth round that you would have, would have been able to put him away? I do. I do. Uh, yeah, he was slowing down and I was only getting stronger and I was, I was starting to find my openings all over. And, uh, I think had it gone five, I would have finished him. Now, I know you mentioned this earlier about uh, maybe being a little more active, but looking back on the matchup, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to watch the fight, but what would you have done differently, if anything? Um, so I haven't watched the fight yet. Um, but, I mean, like I said, I would have been more active. I would have, uh, yeah, just more combinations and more activity. I felt like when I was out there, I was freezing him, and I, was, I had opportunities so like the window would open and I wasn't taking it like I normally do. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, going through the window. 
Um, so later in the fight, I had to break the window as opposed to go through the window. That's a good, um, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, that's what, uh, you know, I learned in the fight there, you know, it doesn't always go your way. Things aren't always going exactly to plan. You don't, you're not always feeling, you know, on a hundred percent on your game and the, and the flow is not happening for you. But, uh, you know, you adapt, you find openings, you make decisions and you, you go for it. Actually, absolutely. As you said, after the fight, you know, you can take a lot away from the, from this matchup and evolve your, evolve your game. Was this the test that you've been looking for that you and I have talked about in previous conversations? It was, well, he did. He's the guy, he, he's the man that, you know, pushed me and I had to find that next year. And, uh, I thank him for that. And, uh, yeah, going forward, I'm, I'm definitely going to be, uh, much better fighter. I mean, overall, you know, not just like this was a huge, big growing experience for me. Absolutely. Now, Volkan, he's been pretty vocal about how upset he was by the decision. He said he clearly won the fight and that he said that your, your coaches even came up to him after the bout saying that he won. Give us your response to his statements. And is there any truth to his claim that your coaches thought he won? Um, I mean, when you lose, you're always upset, you know, you know, you're never happy with loss and you, you try to find any way to try to, you know, justify the loss or rectify the loss. Um, in this case, you know, he's saying my corner said that he won. That's pretty ridiculous. You know, my team's ride or die. So that's out of the question. Yeah. I, when I, when I read that, I was, I mean, <laughs> you'd be really hard pressed to find a corner in this sport that. Going into yeah, a decision, that's, that's that, ridiculous. yeah, that would be siding with the other guy. But <laughs> obviously, a win is a win, man, and, and you have to take them as they come. But that being said, would you tease the idea of maybe running it back with Volkan? Um, not right away. I mean, I'm moving forward. That fight's over. Um, I'd fight him again for sure in the future. But uh, we're just looking ahead at what's next for us at this point. Um, I got to do some healing up, and then uh, you know, we'll see what happens. All right, get back to work. Now, post-fight inside the cage, you told John Jones that you were coming for him. As you and I have discussed many times, the goal for you is the belt, and you believe that you're the guy to beat John. Uh, do you think the win over Volkan puts you next in line, or did you need the finish, in your opinion? Oh, well, Tiago's next. You know, I, I was aware of that. Um, but I think I need one more. Um, and I, I felt like I did need the finish in this fight to be next, next. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. But uh, I would like one more, um, get in there, you know, take care of the things that I saw in this fight and uh, go into Jones real confident, man. I, like I said, I need a main event before I fight Jones. I'd like to fight five rounds before I fight for the title. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. And, you know, given the gas tank that you showed in that third round, man, I'm, I'd imagine that the fourth and fifth round are, are, are going to be yours to shine in. Oh, yeah. I mean, every round, you know, I hope it's, it's my round shining. Um, but, you know, my cardio's, I've reached a new level with it, and it's, it's now a weapon for me. So that's very exciting. I'm sure you've seen... Uh, and, and I think this is, the, this is actually the first fight that I lost a round in my entire career. And that's saying something. That is saying something, considering, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all the battles that you've had already. Um, but yeah. I'm, sh I'm sure you've seen John's response to your call out on Twitter. He said that he's been waiting around for eight years and, uh, kind of a smug response. Well, just hold opinion. on a little longer. All right. Just 
hold on a little longer, John. Right. A little bit longer. That's gonna, all I got to say to that. Right. I was gonna, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say kind of a smug, smug response considering his suspensions, if you ask me. But So your response to that <laughs> is just uh, just wait a little longer, bud. A little longer, bud. <laughs> and either way, you know that you're on his radar now, right? Yeah, that's, that's that was kind of the, you know, now, now I, I'm on his radar. That kind of was the point of that. To make it minute. So, so what's next for you, man? Do you start campaigning hard for Jones or do you get back in there, make it twelve and zero before you fight John? It sounds like you need one more. You want that main event fight. Uh but I mean you can yeah, I, obviously start campaigning now for it, right? Um, I think the campaign's already out there, you know. There's there isn't much campaigning to do, you know. My my body work speaks for itself. True. Um I'm the only guy that's five and zero in the divisions, you know. I'm getting better i'm learning in there you know I'm, i just want to get back in there man <laughs> <laughs> but uh it was yeah i mean there isn't really much of a case to be made i'm i'm the clear next guy after tiago like there's there's really no no question in my mind really um and as far as the light heavyweight division i mean it's cool thing about us is you win fight you fight and you get get what you deserve here for the most part Right. And of course, uh, you know, looking ahead for possible opponents, I know that, that Smith is, is still a fight that interests you. Uh, maybe that, maybe that's yeah, the fight I'd, before I'd be you get to Jones. Yeah, I'd be interested in the winner or? of that fight. Um, Gus and, and uh, Smith would be, that'd be cool. That'd be a good one. That'd be a really good one, actually. Um, but we'll see how it all lines up in the timeline and uh, all that good stuff. You know, there's a lot that goes into this besides just, oh, I want to fight you. You know, there's the business side of things too. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, in regards to time frame, again, I know it's early to be thinking about, but when do you want to get back in there? Do you have a card in mind or uh, a date in mind? Honestly, I don't even know what's coming up. Right. <laughs> like, I, I was just focusing on this, and then I was just like, after the fight, I'll figure it out, and then I've just been running around London drinking pints, so <laughs> there hasn't been much uh, looking into it. That must have been pretty cool to to celebrate St. Patty's over there, right? Oh yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> it was a fun day. On Sunday, I'd imagine it gets pretty wild in those crawl. pubs. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> now everybody's usually gunning for a spot uh, on the International Fight Week pay per view. I'm sure that that would be a uh, big interest to you, right? Uh, when is that? That's sorry, uh, the know. the week of the Fourth of July, I believe. First week of July. We are in March, and that could be a possibility. That could be a possibility. So we shall see. <laughs> well, regardless, man, of what's next for you and when you return, you're still on track to be the champ by the end of 2019, right? Yeah, that's that's the plan, man. That's the plan. I mean, it's the cool thing about like the John Jones thing. It wasn't I'm calling you out. It was. I'm coming, bro. Like, it's it's. There's no question now that I'm coming. Like, five and zero now. I'm the only. I separated myself from the pack. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it wasn't like all oh, next. It was I'm coming. Right. You know. You you jump you jumped uh jumped quite a few spots there. Ranked number five now. I mean, like you said, man, one more under the belt, and there's there's no reason that you're not next. Um, real quick, man, what did you think of the uh, the main event? 
Oh, that was a fight, man. That was a, that was a proper English scrap right there, man. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> it sure was, dude. That was amazing. That's, that's why I like both those guys so much as fighters. You know, they're they're tremendous. And uh, they put on a show, dude. Yeah, they definitely brought it. What what did you think of the whole uh, situation with Game Bread and Leon Edwards in the back there? Oh, the post fight uh, deal. Yeah, I don't even know what happened, man. I heard I heard uh, Masvidal was doing his interview. You know, Edwards was saying some things to him during the interview, and Masvidal casually walked over and hit him with a three piece with a soda. So, <laughs> as he says it, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, that was that's pretty wild. It, it's turning out that I'm on these cards and there's extracurriculars. My last two fight cards. Right, you just seem to be around when when shit's popping off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, listen, man, real quick before we wrap this up, I couldn't hear too clearly because I had a lot of people over for the fights, or, or a few people rather, and I didn't get a chance to rewind it. But did I hear an ooh wee at the end of your post fight interview? <laughs> I like, yeah, I, I did say that, dude. I was like, ooh wee. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> awesome man i kept telling my I, as soon as you said it i said to my buddy shut the hell up i think you just said that ah, i got all upset but that's awesome man Very i good should have stuff. said that was time to get swifty but i didn't <laughs> uh hey, so, man. like after that fight i was just like trying to process what they were even what uh dan dan hardy was even trying to say to me right There's a lot going on Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I usually I usually make a disclaimer. You know, I can't be held you know accountable for what I say or do after my fight. There's too much adrenaline and too much going on. <laughs> absolutely, and you know you've been getting punched and punching people in the face. There's crowd noise. There's a lot to take in there. So completely understandable. But very good. I I, I was I was stoked to hear the the ooey at the end. Uh, gotta say I love it, man. And and listen, thanks again for the time today, Dom. We're always looking forward to the Thanks next step in the journey and uh, you know, in your journey towards greatness. I know we'll catch up again soon, but in conclusion, tell all the Devastator fans out there what they can expect from you next and feel free to get in any shout-outs or sponsor plugs. Uh, I just want to say thank you to um, the fans of London. You guys have been tremendous. Uh, thank you to Vulcan uh, for you know pushing me to that next level. Thanks to my team at Team Elevation for getting me ready. You know, uh, Leon, my management, uh, my strength coach, my nutritionist, AJ, Monterigo, Trifecta, meal systems for the for the food, and uh, my brother Danny for holding it down, my chief second, you know, my brother. And, uh, yeah, man, tune into my next fight. You're going to see, uh, you're going to see the Devastator doing his thing. For sure, man. Very much looking forward to it. I know we'll catch up again when that something gets announced. Enjoy the rest of the time in London. Don't get don't drink too many pints over there, but have a blast, man. Always a pleasure, Dom. Wubba lubba dub dub, brother. You have a great afternoon. You too, man. Peace out. Peace, buddy. Always a pleasure to speak with Dom. Pretty cool to kind of get a shout out in his post fight speech with the Uwe at the end of the conversation there with Dan Hardy. While he didn't get the finish he was hoping for, another win in the books, climbing that ladder towards the title. As you heard Dominic mention, one more big win, and he's the guy next in line for a shot at John Jones. He's talked about it many times on the show. 
His plan all along has been to be the UFC champion by the end of 2019, and we are still on pace for just that. I think a matchup between the winner of Anthony Smith and Alexander Gustafson would be the best bet for Dom, and one hell of a matchup regardless of who comes out the victor in that showdown. So big things on the horizon for Dom. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. BJPenn.com, Radio the Fighter's Voice. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, at BJPenn.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Set up alerts so you stay up to date on all the breaking news, everything you crave from the sport you love of mixed martial arts, BJPenn.com. We have got you covered, guys. As I mentioned in the last episode, we just dropped the new mobile site. Works very well. It's streamlined. It's fast. It's functional. Check it out. On behalf of the whole team, everybody at BJPenn.com, thank you again for tuning in. We'll be back again soon with another great episode. Until then, everybody, we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace out.